back into the side tonight. McDonald, he's got the mark. He's got to pay it. You had to pay that. Huge pack mark, Tom McDonald. Could have been the match winner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we all hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim and I'm lucky enough to have Simo join me. He's just, he's managed to cut off uh, the end of the very first Jimmy Jordan fan club night. It was uh, Tuesday, what are we, yeah, Tuesday night, the 11th of May. He's, he's managed to call off the meeting early um, in the inaugural Jimmy Jordan fan club night. Uh, how many people did you get to rock up, mate? <laughs> oh, just a couple. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a bit to chat about tonight. I bet you would all been frothing about uh, Rising Star. Oh, as soon as, soon as it pop, as soon as it popped up, I was thinking, oh, I can't even give him the Spargo Award. <laughs> too way too much recognition. But uh, yeah, what a game it was on Saturday night, mate. I mean, you were there. Can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere there. I mean, it was oh. different on TV, I'm sure, to what it would have been being in the stands. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was an interesting one. Like, as well as, I mean, I was out in the open uh, near the cheer squad, and um, you know, there's a little bit of drizzle around, but not not too bad. But yeah, you know, it felt like a bit like a wet weather game. But um, also after reading some stats, just actually just before, I saw that um, Melbourne and Sydney are actually the two highest pressure sides in the competition at the moment, and you could really see that on the ground. Um, so yeah, pressure rains. Both our teams on the weekend were through the roof, and you could tell by the skill level. Um, so I don't know, like it was just one of those games where um, the D, the D's just stuck at it and Sydney stuck at it and you know eventually we got the we got the chockies in the end because I don't know I think we just yeah not really outran them or anything it just nah just were just a bit just slightly the better team we out yeah I think we we kind of just outwilled them just that little bit more I think yeah spot on I think on paper statistically we lost what, almost every stat against. Um, Sydney that time and I mean what we want I think we lost three out of four quarters I think from memory um, potentially we lost our first fourth quarter for the season uh, our yeah a lot of the possession was sort of heavily out favored but you think about that period from really the second quarter through through to the probably 15 minute mark of the third I think our pressure, like the ball was played a lot in our sort of fourth half. And we, we probably didn't capitalize on that. But as you said, the pressure was so intense there. Uh, it really felt like a finals game. I don't know. I think people sort of described it. It had that kind of finals atmosphere. I mean, that's just from me watching on the couch in that, uh, you know, in that sort of environment. But I think, as you said, just watching this warming kind of pressure on manic both sides, um, teams kind of playing out of their roles like we obviously didn't execute the same sort of game style that we have but i think really promising to see that we could just find a way to win when you know like some of our big players weren't uh weren't up to their game or or were kind of giving giving credit to sydney and to john longmire who's been doing this now for a long time you think about sydney brand of footy um yeah making making things difficult for opposition and and yeah, I think it was just really pleasing. I mean, the last quarter, I think re-watching it, like Sydney were coming from that kind of last five to six minutes of the third quarter where they kicked three in a row to get within four points. And then that last quarter, you could just feel that surge coming. But uh, yeah, well, defense was was pretty pretty solid. And I think we had a few lucky breaks here and there, but we managed to will through. And 
now we're sitting here 8-0 and, and yeah, pretty pretty amazing to think that this unbeaten record is, is continuing to go on. Yeah, it's just only <laughs> being very Melbourne biased here. I think it's just going to keep keep it improving, oh, especially this week. Uh, I've 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 it in for Carlton at the moment. I um, <laughs> funnily enough, <laughs> this is an interesting one, but I'm actually a Carlton member as well because, well, the the misses um got got a free free membership. So, you know, I've got a free membership for Carlton as well sitting there. But I'll tell you what, when we play them, it's a different kettle of fish and um. I tell you what, I won't say much to my partner during the game. I think well, <laughs> only if we're winning, but um, yeah, Colton is sort of a hit and miss side, but yeah, I suppose we'll touch on that a little bit further. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get around to it, but I think if anything, Sydney might have provided a bit of a bit of a blueprint or a bit of a plan of attack for other teams potentially on how to kind of take us away from our strengths, uh, especially with our intercepts and stuff. So, But anyway, we'll get to that. So... Of course, with the win, there's always plenty to talk about and uh, positives that we like to see in that game. And we're going to review those in our next segment. Credit to the boys. Back into the game, so it's uh, real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front. And I thought we did that all day. So we want to play our way. Just go after the boys. All right, Simo, well, the first thing I think stood out, we sort of mentioned before about that such a high-pressure game and in the end, really low scoring and Sydney were pretty uh, pretty pivotal and being able to drag down and slow down now. I suppose we have a fast scoring rate and, and can really kind of blow sides away and there was no chance of that happening on Saturday night. But we think about kicking winning score and certainly our very tall forward line and in a bit of unexpected circumstances in the bit of wet weather was still pretty successful. And we sort of got our second run at Ben Brown in the team and, and sort of seeing him play a full game of footy next to Tom McDonald. And I was really impressed with what I saw. Um, what about you? Um, well, especially in the first half, I think he kicked all three of his goals in the first half for memory. Benny Brown. Um, I'll have to double check. Yeah. Ben Brown. Yeah. Two um, in the first quarter, I think for memory. Yep. So he was on. He was on really early, and he was like, once he got a, he started getting a stranglehold of, of Sydney. He might have kicked, yeah, or it was one or two in the second quarter. But um, he he started to really show, and he was hitting packs and everything. And you know, then we started to look a little bit more dangerous. Um, but yeah, the other key pillar, uh, T Mac. Yeah, what a game! Mate, oh, what about, was was it the snap in the third? A snap from the boundary on the third. There's, I think, a bloke heckling him from the with outside. the giant with the giant hand. I don't know if you saw a post of that yeah, on Instagram. I, I, I made sure. I... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, far yeah. out. He was hilarious. Uh, to go by that and to know like what we heard from Petrarca, or, or if you've heard from Petrarca's um interview, you know, T Mac shoving it right up us as a supporter. Oh, as supporters because of what we've done to him the last two years. I think we've he's been a bit of a you know, someone, a scapegoat, someone to really like say, well, you know, you've had such an amazing 2018, you know, new contract and everything come through. And, you know, to, to go to what he was like in 2019 and 2020 to, you know, start to recapture that form. And I think he's he's come at, I'd, pr- I'd probably say, a pretty similar player to what he was back then too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be hard to probably put it on supporters. I think he's game and how it kind of transcended in 2018 and we had all these like lofty expectations for him to be able to back that up but i'm pretty sure that he was asked to put on a bit of weight 
um, over the preseason and that to be able to sort of be a little bit stronger in the contest and kind of be that more big body forward. Whereas we know he's a really elite athlete and he's a runner, he's a running machine. And I think that kind of was a bit of a detriment to him in those last couple of seasons. And he was just kind of playing out of his role. And now we've sort of seen him. And as you said, like opportunities, we, we pull in key forwards now to kind of take his position. He was not performing there and not getting a game in last year. And, and then to his credit, he's now, you know, had potentially an opportunity to find somewhere else, but didn't find a home. And he's gone and worked his ass off. And as you said, I think track was, uh, I think, yeah, really kind of, spoke really well about it today and i think supporters should value the honesty of it that t-mac wants to prove yeah maybe supporters wrong but i think more so like the club wrong a little bit to sort of say hey uh you know i'm not done here and i'm, I'm here to prove a point and yeah the fact that he's now coming in and and really was arguably our well our second best player um and and our best forward our most dangerous forward on the night and yeah his agility and his mobility around the ground is such a massive part of his game that i think that's been taken away from him so the fact that he's now got his groove back and and got his mobility and fitness and being able to use that as a weapon around the ground is just adding to him and you kind of see his his work his aerial work is amazing like that mark in the fourth quarter you watch that over and over again is outstanding like the fact that he took that with benny brown under him on a pack with two or three Sydney Swans, like that's that wins the game. Like it was, not to mention the step through. Uh, you know, he had another step through one as well too. Or maybe I'm thinking the other week. But no, huge wraps for him and, and stoked for him and good on him. Great call also to leave him forward. Thinking about all what we talked about last week, the whole selection dilemma. Yep. Well, it keeps Wiedemann out of the side again. It does. It does. And that's that's a whole other issue that we won't get caught heading down that path. Yeah. Otherwise, we won't be here. It's, it's late enough as it is. So, But no, stoked, stoked with the four line and looking forward to seeing what that can do a little bit more. Uh, yeah, as they play some more games together and, and gain some more cohesion and and consistency. So what about you, mate? What was the, what was the first thing that popped up for you? I suppose to go with, um, you know, what T-Mac did, you know, saying second best on ground. Well, obviously, you know, if we don't have a player like Clayton Oliver and what he did during the game to have 35 touches and um, be the real standout um, across the across four quarters for us, um, you know, we got belted around the clearances. Um, but for him to still have 35 touches um, and, you know, will our team to win is pretty exceptional, I think. He was just absolutely determined to win the ball and i think as you said we don't win without his effort around the ground and petrarca was pretty well held by robottom even though he ended up getting a bit of the ball sort of later on the game there's always that you know that double-edged sword of i think if you're going to tag one then the other one kind of breaks open and breaks away and there was no it didn't seem to be at any point that sydney really sent anyone to clary and if they did you wouldn't know because it was quite clear about the job that Mills and Robottom were doing running with Petrarca. But some of those just, as we started to gain momentum uh, as the game sort of progressed and Clary started to get his hand on some of the clearances and yes, the center clearances we got absolutely flogged by. But uh, yeah, he was just able to break through some tackles and just surge the ball forward. I don't know what his meters gained was in the end, but I dare say he would have... Just shy of 500. Was it? yeah. But, and especially in the fourth quarter, like he just stood tall a couple of times and, and was just able to be, you know, he wasn't being able to be touched by opposition. And no, nah, definitely, definitely a game winner there. And to have yeah, 22 contested possessions out of his 35, 
um, and five pretty decent tackles as well too. Uh, just continues to have that positive impact and, and be that match winner that we all know that he is. So. No, and he's still and he's still only twenty three. There's yeah. another one for you. Scary to think, isn't it? Scary good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose another thing to really like too is um, Stevie May's job on Buddy. What Buddy have six touches, I think, for the game. Yeah. Um, and to know um, in the past, you know, there was I remember being at the MCG a few years ago where yeah, Buddy kicked maybe four or five, and um, you know, it was the last time I saw a Melbourne City game of the G. But yeah, Buddy just took a, took a hold of the game and. Um, you know, and you, you know what Buddy's done in the past. I mean, you know, someone that's kicked over 900 goals in the AFL, you know, you got to be able to send someone to him to, you know, restrict his um, ability. And um, Stephen May really took one for the team there and, um, yeah, really shut Buddy out of the game. Played, yeah, I suppose played out of his kind of usual role and it wasn't so much of a, wasn't so much of an issue because the defensive stance was a little bit different to how we normally play. We, at times, we were, it was almost like we were back to flooding. Don't you reckon? It seemed like we had all 22 in the defensive 50 at times. Had Benny Brown crashing packs in the defensive 50, like making some really important spoils in the first quarter. I'm just thinking, well, obviously, there's that, uh, you know, that, there's that game situation, coaching change, and just being able to adjust to what was happening. But one of the most dangerous, uh, you know, one of the scariest phrases in AFL football is, Buddy on his left, and I think that was at one point in the fourth quarter, and he didn't get anywhere near it. But you always know that, regardless of what he's done throughout the game, he's he's always a chance to pop up um, in big moments. So great to see that Maisie, yeah, held him there. And uh, when you're talking about watching Sydney play Melbourne at the G, Sydney's beaten Melbourne the last six times at the MCG. Isn't that isn't that crazy to think? Like, yes. I mean, yeah. This current side, this current Sydney mob are a fantastic team and they're going to do really well this season and no discredit to them. But, you know, in past years, we know that they haven't quite been the sort of being that kind of re- in that rebuild or in the midst of a medium-sized rebuild. You know, they haven't been as successful as what they once were. But, yeah, to be able to kind of break that hoodoo was, was pretty good as well. 100%. I just thought the last thing, and we kind of touched on it before as well too, was just... Our ability to find a way to win. I think we talked about that. We lost almost every stat count on the night. And Sydney really kind of, similar to other games, they really brought the pressure from the word go. Kicked the first goal within 28 seconds, I'm pretty sure, uh, with McInerney kind of putting that goal. And then the pressure was swarmed from then. And the Deeds were just able to absorb that pressure and being able to find a way to win that was completely um, unrecognisable to how we've won our games previously this this season. But I think I'm going to use that word again, Simo. Maturity of the of the team and the players uh, is really kind of shining through about how to play games in big moments. Because I don't think last year or years gone gone by we don't win that game uh, if we're put in that same situation. And there's certainly moments in that last quarter or in that surge that Sydney brought in the third quarter that they threatened to take the game away from us. I mean, they were on a roll. And I think a couple of instances, you know, Papley looked a little bit dangerous, um, surprising that he was having a bit of a complaint to the umpire. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, they, they did look they did look really dangerous and we were lucky to sort of get out of, out of jail a couple of times in the defensive 50. So credit to them. Uh, and, yeah, it's another four points. And then we wipe that and look, look forward to next week. So... That's correct. And going on what, what I said about the pressure gauges too, I just I was looking at a couple of stats now. Sydney's had ninety-two tackles for the game to our seventy-six, and then also they've had thirty-five tackles in our in their forward fifty. 
Yeah, what do we have, like 14 or something or 15? 15. Yeah, yeah, I know. Five, that is a huge number. Yeah. A huge number. So, like, to be able to withstand so much pressure, we've had 56 marks as well for the game. So, to be able to stand up amongst all that pressure and, you know, just get the job done, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, finding a way to win, which is you know, really credit to our, to our boys. Yeah, and we'll finish on that note. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Well, Simo, like every week, covered the things that we did like. Now it's to cover the things that we didn't like from the weekend in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing, and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. All right, Simo. Well, we've already brought it up tonight. First thing, centre clearances. It's becoming a little bit of an issue for the D's. 19 to 4. Uh, we lost that. And it's, we've talked about it again, having such a dominant ruckman and a dominant midfield. And look, credit to Tom Hickey and to Parker and Mills and, and the Sydney midfield brigade about being able to get on top of that midfield battle, which is always going to be a good one. But far out, you think about the names that we have on paper. It's not just against Sydney. It's becoming a little bit of a, a glaring issue that they really need to address because it, it's putting, I think, too much pressure on our back line for any sort of ball movement for us to happen and for for us to move the ball forward. It's having to come into almost oh, yeah. off half back now rather than surging the ball forward off you know off a, off a center clearance, which is not the way you want to win all the time. Like it's it's amazing. We're so fortunate to have such a solid defense that can withstand constant entries and and be able to rebound the ball quickly when the game goes to our plan but we don't we don't want to rely on that and yeah they really need to go and have a look at uh, how they can address that and we know that certain players were, were certainly looked after um at the center bounce and track and but it's not something that we can continue to dish up against quality sides because they're going to absolutely murder us correct well i think when we do have those big run-ons against teams, I reckon we're dominating in the centre. That's like I remember watching the Hawthorne game a few weeks back. I could just see they were winning absolutely everything out of the guts. And you look what we did to a team on the scoreboard. Yeah. And it, you know, it starts, you know, it does create scores. It creates quick scores, puts defense under pressure, you know, and it makes things a lot simple. Um, I'm just looking at the clearances around the ground though, as well, to go with that. 33 to 22 our way. So obviously the things are going right around the ground. It's just yeah, what do we do in the guts to rectify that? And I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a lot of work done during the week, um, considering how much it was spoken about. And I think I'm pretty certain that that didn't kind of go back into our favour until well into the second quarter. So I think it was almost the first quarter and a half that regard like clearances in general we were heavily down on and it was only sort of as the game started to move on that we got yeah got back on top of clearances around the ground and started to be able to bring the ball out of ruck contest there from Jacko or from Gorney so but no we can't we can't keep it up and and they need to go and address that with with ooze with the midfield group whoever's running through there with Gorney look at some tape figure out all right what do we need to do to be able to yeah get the ball in on our terms rather than having to be reactionary to you know when it's coming out of defense what about you mate anything that uh stood out for you yeah well i mean 
I don't know how or why a, when a bloke gets flipped in the goal square that nothing can be done about it. How does Dane Ramsey get away with that? <laughs> it's because he's it's because he's an undersized defender. I, I think I put in my notes <laughs> when I was watching it. I said you can make a drinking game out of how many times Luke Darcy mentions that Dane Rampey is an undersized defender because, I mean, yes, I understand that he's good, but you don't need to say it every time that he he gets near the ball or they, they call his name, like, far out. It was, yeah, a bit ridiculous. And sorry, just to jump on that, I've my complaint here was about free kicks because I was a little bit disappointed about some of the free kicks that were not paid, I feel like that some of our tackling efforts were not rewarded with um, holding the ball. So I think Maxi had a huge tackle on Buddy. Uh, oh no, sorry, May's May had a huge tackle on Buddy. Cosy kept getting held in the forward fifty, and I know that he plays for free kicks, but some of those are absolutely genuine. Um, and then there was also a fifty meter penalty that they didn't didn't blow. I don't know if you've seen this on the replay, but the umpires yelling, and I can't remember who it was like two meters back, two meters back, and the bloke can't hear him, obviously. But he's not saying, he's not doing anything about it. It's like, well, it's too bad. If he can't hear, then it's, you know, it is what it is. got to blow the whistle because it's, um, you know, Rivers got pushed out under the ball in a marking contest in the last quarter. There's just some really pivotal points that I feel like they just swallowed the whistle. Uh, and we've seen some pretty contentious decisions across all games, across all rounds a little bit. And I understand that they, you know, want to let him play, but... The fact that they left the ball, I don't know about you, and you play AFL, and I know that it's something that's so different with local footy, and I think you'd agree with me here. The amount of time that they allowed the ball to be in a like in a scrum or in a contest is it's infuriating. I think they're just giving them way too much opportunity to get it out, and it's just they just need to call it. I understand they want to keep the game moving, but far out, like it's borderline insane. I know EFL for right, like it was pretty. It's pretty quick, right? Like it's reasonably quick. Uh, I'm in the outer east. I used to be in the EFL. Oh. Um, but out, outer east, um, outer east is a bit more stoppage central. But sometimes in the hours they call it too quick. Yeah. Um, no, well, I can understand that. There's a balance between that. Yeah, but like I know what you mean. Like especially when you see, you can tell when there's going to be a holding the ball on the dives because the umpire just lets it go for a while. They circle around. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those areas where I, I don't know. Like, you just got to take it as a grain of salt. That's it. I mean, can, can... gonna get. I mean, you can't really do anything about it. But like, you know, I think you just got to cop it on the chin, no matter. And it, I think those people that say umpire is an excuse. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things that I'm just like, you know. I mean, it is what it is at the end. It is. Day, but... I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm just pretty pissed off about it, so I'm <laughs> going to talk about it. So <laughs> you, you should ask Collingwood supporters about what happened with Maynard and Dom Sheed. At the no, end. couldn't care less about Collingwood supporters, mate. <laughs> I'm not going to ask them about that. Uh, I just have one more thing. Jeez, the last minute. I don't know if you remember when we were sort of pushing the ball forward up comfortably. All we needed to do was kind of hold on to the ball. And we thought, oh, looks like we're going to have one last crack having a score. And then Tom McDonald gets it about oh, about 45 out right on the boundary, decides to switch it into the center, 50-meter kick, turns the ball over, and then all of a sudden the Swans have the entire corridor to push the ball forward. And we're just thinking, shit, shit, shit. Because like a minute to go is an eternity. When you're up 10 points, I think they ended up scoring the behind out of it. Um, it was when... Oh, who was it? Was it Mills had the shot to... Somebody had 
yeah, I think it was Mills had a potential like shot on goal to bring it back within four or three points, no, four points. And there would have been probably 25 seconds left. That's enough for a goal. I'd, we're all demon supporters here. We all know that there's no time is long enough to, <laughs> to be able to get over the line. I'm just thinking, wait, all you have to do, I think Maxi called it after the game in, the, in his interview on Fox Footy. He's like, yeah, Tom McDonald trying a 50 meter switch with, you know, under a minute to go, probably not the best call. And yeah, 100% agree. I couldn't think, could have been think of anything worse. So I know it'd be a different conversation had he kicked the goal or had. I think he was doing it to Benny Brown. I'm pretty sure it was in the full line. Had he taken the mark and sucked up the 30 seconds and whether he kicked a goal or not. But, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll be looking at that and being like, all right, next time, just, yeah, pop it back out, wind down some clock and uh, be safe with the ball. <laughs> Anything else, mate? Anything else for you? Um, uh, last one. Probably not, not really a huge thing, but, like, you look at players that have been pretty good for us this year, Lever and Fritch. I suppose just their impact on the game, they were not non evident. I think, well, Levers had nine, nine disposals, one mark, going at 56, four turnovers. Didn't have, yeah, I don't know, it just wasn't his day. Like, you know, but you look at it, you know, you know what you're going to get from Lever and, you know, it's just one off game. And I suppose the role he was playing, I don't know, just. I think it would have been, yeah. Up, but. A very deliberate, I think, game plan executed by John Longmire and the Swans, I would say, would be my guess. You think about how much. Intercepts ball gives us our advantage. I think they they played that really well. There was not a lot of high ball into the fifty when they weren't necessary, and when they did, I think there was a lot more Swans players down there and seemed a little bit differently set up to other teams that we played against. So I think that was certainly a direction they would have been looking at. But yeah, you're right. His impact gets diminished, um, you know, quite quite well <laughs> when he's not playing to his strengths. And yeah, otherwise we didn't see. Him. A lot of him, unfortunately, in his in his milestone game as well, too. It's time to recognize a very underrated performance on the weekend and could have been a few contenders and you would have been looking, as you said at the start of the pod, to back in your man to get a get a uh, three-peat, three weeks. But as you said, I think Rising Star counts as way too much recognition. So sorry, JJ, even though he played a hell of a game. But I think there was a player that played his first game since round one who came into the side and just seamlessly found his role and added a little bit of that toughness and grunt that we've been missing with uh, with Viney out. And that's James Harms, who I thought played an outstanding game in the middle. Uh, sort of a, a real balance of middle and a little bit of a run with role, I think sort of went to Parker and Mills one when they started to sort of get on top of the midfield a little bit. But he ended up with 31 disposals and 21 of those were contested. But he just seemed to have a huge impact. And it's great to see him back in the midfield I want to say where he belongs because we do have a lot of those inside players, but he spoke after the game and he, you know, openly admitted saying, you know, last year tried um, down back, didn't work too well. You know, we have tried him on the wing here and there, but it was great to see him. He, he just looked slick. Uh, didn't look like he'd missed a beat. And I think he's going to fill that void while Jack's out. Unfortunately, when Jack comes back in, 
I don't know what that's going to look like, but I thought I thought his game was was outstanding, and and yeah, I don't think he's got too much recognition for it. Therefore, qualifies for this award. Yeah. What what did uh, you think of his game? I think his game was really like top notch. I mean, to go with his thirty one, he's also had seven tackles, so he's worked both ways. And I was also looking too six rebound fifties, so he's working both ways to help our defense as well. Um, so you know, if you're getting value out of that as a defender as well, um, you know, although he only had seven kicks or something, but. Yeah, a lot of handballs. Yeah, a lot of handballs, but you know the the work and the effort he put in. You know that, that, that true grunt work that you know needs to be done to be able to give um you know those extra really elite on ballers we have. You know, in obviously Petrarca and Clary. You know to to really stamp out a couple, but you know cannot knock him for what he's done. Nah. And I, I hope that he stays in the side because I think he. It gives us that extra edge. It's just a matter of you yeah. know, obviously when Viney comes back, it's just a matter of finding a role. Um, potentially as a maybe as a uh, as a half forward going into the guts, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I still think that his ability to break tackles and and he did that numerous times on and I know it's slippery, but he did that on numerous occasions on Saturday night. And it was just yeah, his ability to be able to win the contest and get the ball out. And being that extra midfielder that Petrarca wasn't quite in there because he was being so heavily sort of looked on um, by his opponents enabled us to be able to, once we finally sort of started to get a bit of momentum with clearances, we, we were able to move the ball forward as a result of that. So, Jimmy Harms, well done. Uh, Charlie Spargo Award. And, yeah, looking forward to seeing what you do in the coming weeks. So, great to have you back. Right, well, we are the D's podcast by fans for the fans, and we wouldn't be here without all of our loyal supporters and listeners. So now is our very favourite segment in Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression? Can you walk <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it goes something like Fugazi, it's woozy, it's wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, first comment up the top. So we did ask just what was the biggest takeaways from our gritty win against Sydney on Saturday night? And who have you got there first? Uh, first comes in from Philip Ward. Um, defense is very solid and didn't mind the ball going into their 50. It seemed to, uh, seemed to demoralize them further that Buddy couldn't get into gear. Um, I agree. Um, I was looking at the inside 50s before. I think it might have been 58 to 46. Um, so a 12 difference. Um, so obviously the entries might not have been that great. So um, obviously our pressure up the field is quite strong. Yeah, nice one. Uh, next, we got Christian Smith off Facebook. We looked knackered in that last quarter. We were belted in the clearances all night and the young hungry swans were coming at us hard. Max was beaten by Hickey and looked a matter of time before we'd be overrun. But yet, we didn't panic. We stood up and found enough to get the win. Super impressive stuff. I suspect we may drop a game real soon. It's impossible to keep up this level of intensity every week. Yeah, I can completely agree with uh, some of his points. We didn't even touch on Max um, and the ruck contest. I think Hickey did play pretty well. And I think, I don't know, it seems to be a little bit of uh, rumours going around that Max might be carrying a niggle or two around his... Which you know is not unlike him. Happened, what was it last year? Carrying a, no, nah, what was it? A strain in his shoulder or something like that for a few rounds and. Was it potential? No, I don't think it was knee. But yeah, he definitely... he hadn't had a couple of things going on. So yeah. he's uh, yeah, not one to to sort of pull out if he feels like he can make an impact on the field. So no, nah, yeah. definitely. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's either that or like, you know, just trying to get used to playing with an extra tool as well. I don't know if that's sort of sort of nullifying his impact as well. I don't yeah. know. I'll move on. But anyway, um, heading across to Jimmy Barr. Um, so, and also what, also after watching um, the game again in the last quarter and I stood up for him uh, while everyone was on his back, uh, Nibbler. Um, so, yeah, so last, last week obviously copped it a little bit from us, but his second and third efforts down forward were brilliant. And what the D's are all about this year. And when the siren went, there was number 30 on his hands and knees, completely tanked. He gave it more, he gave it more than all his than his all. But the other player I thought um put the team on his shoulders and said, F U C K. Um, this um aren't we aren't losing. And that and was Silk. Uh Clayton Oliver, God I'm loving season twenty one. Uh, 2021. Um, yeah, no, 100%. I thought Nibble was pretty good. Um, definitely made up for last week. Um, definitely played his role again. Um, and, you know, he you know, took his chances and used, and used it pretty well. Um, and then, obviously, Clayton Oliver, we talk, talk, spoke about him before. But, yeah, God, we're with you with that one. God bless Clayton Oliver. Absolutely, yeah. No, great to see Nibble bounce back. And, yeah, we've always had his back. And, and you know, we lauded him pretty, pretty well, I think, the other week. Um, and a few other people are starting to... Realise that his efforts aren't going, you know, aren't going to waste at the moment as well too. So, good in. Uh, next one we've got is Andrew Overton. How good is our defensive structure? Best in the comp. Uh, and then secondly, loving the resurgence of Tom Mack. It's a credit to the bloke that he has become a lock in our best 22. There will be a few recruiters in other clubs wondering why they pass on him. And three, we need more efficiency at the stoppages if we are to go all the way. So, yeah, certainly a lot of points there that we've already to, uh, already talked about. But, no, beautiful. Thanks, Andrew. Who have we got next there, Simo? Uh, looking at uh, Mark Morby. Um, so the sooner we fix our centre clearances, the more dangerous we will be and not give the opposition a head start. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that one. Um, we have been slow starters this year. Um, and it has taken a while for us to rectify things. Um, but I'm sure the boys are working pretty hard at that um, to make sure that doesn't continuously set in. Yeah, nice one. All right, next we've got Gary Murray from Twitter saying, I was there and thought Hickey matched Max in effectiveness at stoppages. Parker and Mills were on top in the second half from stoppages. So, yeah, Parker and Mills were two uh, huge players uh, for the Sydney Swans on Saturday night. And I think, as we sort of just mentioned before, Hickey did play really well. I mean, they go with that two-ruck combination. But, I mean, Sinclair was barely uh, was barely impacted the game. I think they're sort of playing him as a deep forward, rather. And all, all I remember from him that night is dropping that absolute sitter in the pocket. Do you remember that? And he was he copped absolute shit for it, but then he ended up kicking goal not too much longer after that. But yeah, that, was, he, that was a weird goal. Like, yeah. Sam so, wanted straight to him. I was like, what are you doing, Salo? Yeah, you know, I know. It's a rare, anyway. rare, rare mistake from Salo. But, and I think we've got one more there. Who have we got? Yeah, one more. Um, so from Patrick, um, so from Twitter, uh, missing Viney, 4 to 17, uh, Sydney's way for center clearances. I think you might have said four to nineteen. I mean, oh, I definitely said nineteen. Completely balls that up. Sorry. <laughs> 17, 17, 19, It's you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, still you know, shit. Obviously getting pelted there. So, yeah, completely agree. Um, my boy JV. Um, he's kind of like my lookalike. Um, a lot I of can see that. Tell me. Um, For sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm definitely missing the mongrel bastard in Jack Viney. Um, I actually got a little funny one actually from my from my partner who she wanted to actually have. Her say on this, and she's actually a Carlton supporter. And she said, 
Um, if Melbourne were to lose a game, this would be the one to do it. She said, Carlton equal no damage in the finals. Yeah, well, good luck to you, Al, because <laughs> it's not going to happen this week. It's not your week, and I think the and I think you need to give Paddy Paddy Cripps a rest because that bloke is absolutely cooked. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, there's uh, plenty more to talk to him, and um, we'll uh, yeah, let's have a little bit of a look at this week and uh, the week ahead. Alrighty, guys. Well, obviously looking at the week ahead, um, Carlton MCG Sunday three twenty home game. Get there, see your red and blue. That's what we want to see. Um, looking at the week ahead, so what we need to do first of all, you look at the Coleman medalist at the moment, Benny McKay. Uh, not Benny McKay. He's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? You're making um, up names now. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Harry, Harry McKay, H bomb. Look, to be honest, I actually don't overly rate Harry McKay. Um, Ooh, I actually dangerous. think. No, well, look, I mean, he hasn't really played that many, you know, if it's any remotely weather, wet weather, I reckon he'll struggle. But um, he's definitely a, a bloke that probably showers with the clothes on, I think. Uh, <laughs> likes the <to> dry stuff. That's <laughs> um, I haven't um, heard that one before. It's good. To be honest, um, oh, I actually popped out that saying a couple of times in the City game. After yeah. a few. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ben McKay, Ben McKay, done it again. Harry McKay, 30 goals for the year. Uh, eight games are going, you know, almost four games. Yeah, that's solid. So he's he's tracking along nicely. You know, if we can stop, if our press is up, you know, our, our um, you know, we'll restrict their ability to kick a nice clean ball into him. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes against our, uh, you know, Lever and May connection there. Look at the next one. I could send Harmsy to Sam Walsh. Um, Sam Walsh having a great year. I think he'd be probably top five in the Brownlow. I think Sam Walsh. Colton have, Colton have got a great one there and Sam Walsh. Yeah, I think putting some time and effort into him, getting under his skin, you know, you know, just roughing him up a bit could, um, you know, so rectify his, his ability his ability to impact the game. And um, I think what we also need to do is exploit Lockie Plowman. Lockie Plowman's had a few goals kicked on him this year. And, you know, I reckon probably probably get the job on Fritch, I'd say. So, you know, I think, it, you know, hopefully Fritch can um, give him a bath. Be looking to bounce back after a pretty quiet game as well, too. He's uh, fairly heavily looked after, I think. We just sort a fair bit of attention after his six-game, six-goal game in the previous week. So, yeah, hopefully he can push forward and, yeah, kick a few snags for sure. A couple of things to be careful of as well. You know, Paddy Cripps is an interesting one, I think, as I, as I sort of touched on before. You know, he looks, he looks like a defeated man, but anyway, you know, he's always one to... You know, could probably show up in these sort of games. You know, if it's if it's any remotely, you know, if it's wet weather and it's nice and tough inside, you know, that's where he does his best work. So, obviously, being able to you know stop his impact again at stoppages. You know, we talk about what we got dominated in the clearances. You know, he's one that's you know one of the best. You know, if we can you know position him in the stoppages and set of clearances, we've got a long way to winning the game. And Look, to be honest, I don't think there's not much else we need to be really careful of with this Carlton football yeah. club. I think, I think we just have to be a little bit careful to... Well, I think we have to manage our expectations. And I think they'd be pretty hungry about uh, the fact that they gave up, what was it, 22, 23-point lead to the Dogs last week yeah. uh, when they were in a pretty comfortable position, even though the Dogs looking like a top-four side this year. Uh, you know, Carlton has certainly got plenty to play for in terms of just getting their season on track and being able to show their supporters that they're the real deal because there's 
you know, they're a big talking point at the moment and about mediocrity and David Teague and, and those players, as you mentioned, Patrick Cripps is somebody who's been talked about quite a lot in the media over the weekend and his role within the team and and even how maybe potentially some of those new rule changes have kind of impacted the way that his, his influence on the game, um, you know, has potentially changed and, and potentially been harmed by the way that those new rules have come in. So... We can't underestimate him. I think, as all Demon supporters know out there, it's it's always been a bit of a danger game against Carlton, regardless of their stature over the last five, six, ten years. Certainly been a couple that I quite clearly remember going to the G, thinking that we had that in the bag and we go and uh, stuff it up. Not saying that's going to happen because we're a new, we're yeah. a new Melbourne. We're we're a mature, we're a mature side. <laughs> We've got a mature playing group, but I don't think that we can take them lightly and. I think the bloke on Twitter, who was that, who said that we, no, no, who was that who said that we could be dropping one soon? We didn't, we never want to forecast it, but yeah. I think it's going to set, like the game, like what happened on Saturday night, that's going to take a lot of energy out of those boys, I reckon. So the good thing is, the good thing is, though, we'll have an eight day break. Carlton come off a seven day break. Like, yeah. that's not a huge difference, but an eight day break, you know, to get that little bit extra rest. Um, rectify things in the center clearances. You know that that gives us the best time to prepare. And yeah. like I said, and you can't take the Blues lightly. I mean, you know they have shown in glimpses during the year that they can, you know, push some sides. I mean, obviously you saw what they did against the Doggies. I thought they were really good for actually two and a half quarters. But yeah, um, I, I think they they lack a bit of um, uh, potentially a little bit of fitness. I think well, a couple of times have been overrun this year and. Um, you know, I think, well, it'd be good to see a really good contest, but, um, you know, it's interesting to think of a, think of a margin with this one. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's hard. Cause I don't know. I don't know what the weather's going to be like on the weekend. It's, but... I just had a quick peek before it's, uh, yeah, looking a little bit cold and wet. So yeah. I think out, out Eastern suburbs, it's looking about 14. So I'd say in town, probably looking, yeah, maybe 15 or so with some showers. I didn't, I didn't catch what time of the day, but I, let's let's go with wet weather. So, could be another, not could be another, uh, another scrap on our hands potentially. Yeah, potentially, and we'll like, oh, obviously we've we've seen what the D's can do in the wet. You know, you saw against the Tigers. Um, you know, we're able to still play our game, but obviously you need to be, you know, mindful of you know playing um, yardage footy because. You know, a team that can, you know, take the most meters gain and is going to go a long way to win the game. The team that's also the cleanest. So that's right. Um, back what about that, I said weather dependent, but D's by twenty seven is my margin. How do you go? Oh, yeah, I, I was I was willing to go early thirty, so I'm going to go thirty two points. Yeah. Um, but I think the real question that everyone that's listening is after um, is. They're, they're here for Simo's multi, and I'm, I'm hoping that you've got one for the fans, mate, because yeah. after after the success of what, what success of last week? No, just just got pipped out last uh, week. I wasn't <laughs> far off. I wasn't nah. so Benny Brown got pipped. He got th- he kicked three. Obviously, Tom McDonald kicked four to lead the game. Um, went Petrarca, most posies, obviously, after his big signing. 28 touches, got done by Clary with 35. Yeah. Um, got the margin right, so that's the main thing. Um, well... Based on my 27 point, I'll go D's 1 to 39. Um, we'll go, oh, that is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Salo for most possessions um, based on what he did in the wet against the Tigers. Yeah. Um, and let's go with a Bailey Fritch special for most goals. Most goals. There you go. Nice one. Oh, you heard it here first, and hopefully all the fans will be thanking you at the end of next week. <laughs> 
All right, quickly before we wrap up the week ahead, Simo, any changes to the team that you see coming in? To be honest, it's 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 a, it's a real hard one because I mean, I mean, no one really underperformed. Well, obviously, minus Fritch and Fritch and Lever, the two. Yeah, you're not that, dropping either of those. Probably guys. underperformed that little bit. I mean, you look at Petty. Petty's got to mold into his role. I mean. Uh, Jaden Hunt, ten disposals. Yeah, but, but, somebody that's floated in my mind was was Hunt, but I, I don't yeah, know who do you bring in. There's for no him? one to really bring in nah. for him at this stage, really. So, look, to be honest, I think we'll probably go most likely unchanged. But yeah, um, the sub K Chandler, gee, it'd be good to see him float around and be passed up forward. But mm. obviously, buying with Spargo for a position. So, you know, I mean, it would be good to see Chandler maybe back in the VFL to get a full game and then. Maybe have someone like a maybe a Charlie, uh, sorry, Charlie Sparrow, um, <laughs> Tommy Sparrow come in as a sub potentially. Yeah, nice one. Speaking of names, I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard your your boy um, Jimmy Jordan. Is it Luke Darcy called him Jordan James? <laughs> for about a minute on Saturday night on the commentary, it's so funny. Just I can't remember who it was that pulled him up on it, but bloody hell. Well, that's so you, you and him must be spending a fair bit of time together, oh, mate. mixing up oh. names. I'd Benny, Benny Mackay, Jordan James. Oh, yeah. Oh, ben McKay. Well, uh, oh, geez. Well, yeah. <laughs> ben McKay is a different sort of player compared to his brother, isn't he? No. Yeah. Is it Ben? It's not Ben, is it? Isn't uh, it Aaron? No, nah, Ben. North Melbourne? And I keep saying Ben McKay for some unknown reason. And, yeah, there's a huge difference between Ben and Harry McKay, that's for sure. It's definitely Ben McKay. It is definitely Ben McKay. I mean, I believe you. I'm Googling it as we speak, and I think you're right. <laughs> I, was, I was positive it's someone else. I'm sure you can hear the bloody keys tapping on my keyboard. Ben McKay, there you go. Yeah, I stand yeah. corrected. So yeah, I'm not, it's not often I'm right. So. I think we've never heard enough Yeah. about does it for another week simo thanks so much for joining us it's uh yeah it's been nice to discuss all these wins and it's sometimes it's pretty hard to kind of dissect uh things that we don't like and like but you know it's been been a hell of a eight weeks so far and looking forward to what's what's to come and i think there's a lot of very excited melbourne supporters who are still i think quietly keeping a lid on it's a very long season but far out it's uh we're we're heading into uh unprecedented times to use that very over cliched saying of 2020 but it's in a much more enjoyable sense in the melbourne football club in 2021 what's what's really going to be hard is actually to comprehend a loss at the moment depends who it comes against yeah true i mean like i mean you think this week and next week but you know one week at a time but you think obviously blokes are going to tire them you would need to try different things across the season based on you know if injuries come and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how to... Uh, it'll be an interesting podcast week when we lose a game. When we lose. Ah, that's all right. There's always plenty to talk about when we lose. It's, uh, we're, no, we're no strangers to that. So that's, <laughs> that's fine. There's no, there's no danger of us not having anything to talk about, especially you and me. You can find um, a lot to talk about about not very much. So... <laughs> But uh, we just want to thank all our listeners out there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And feel free to leave a review or feedback at Twitter. Um, so it's at 
A double T N two detail. Remember it's D double E T A I L. Um, Facebook or Instagram. Keep an eye out for our posts or shoot us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com. Simo, looking forward to having a beer with you at the G on Sunday. And if anyone else is out there, come find us. Um, should have. I don't know. Probably have a bit of an idea we'll look at. I just listen out for our voice. We're pretty distinctive. Um, but <laughs> hopefully. Face that, that 9 and 0. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to uh, discussing the 9 and 0 pod next week, Simo. But I'll catch you on the weekend. And thanks, everyone. Go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.